0: Open your Bibles this morning to 2 Peter. For the message this morning, I could use a dozen different texts. Most of them would would be from the epistles. Some of them would be from the Psalms, actually. And uh, it's clear when you read the epistles that the apostles wanted their readers to have an awareness of what God provides and what God expects. They were deeply concerned about the people that they were writing to, uh, unlike a lot of writers today, a lot of preachers today. And they didn't want them to live below the level of their possibilities. They wanted them to experience the fullness of God's blessings, and they wanted them to express the beauty of, of christ's likeness, you know it would be great if uh, if we all did that, but the fact is so many times we we all fail, we live beneath our privileges, our possibilities, we rob ourselves of the blessings that God has in store. So I want to read uh, a good part of this first chapter. This will be the most important part of the message so i urge you to tune in listen carefully if you listen to what peter writes in these words you really need no explanation i actually could read this ask one question and have the invitation verse one simon peter a servant and an apostle of jesus christ to them that have attained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of god that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity." to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fail. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor... That you may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. As I read those verses, there's one thought that comes to my mind, a question that uh, I hope that all of us will take into consideration this morning, and that's this: What's missing? I want you to think about that in regards to your your life don't don't try to figure out what's missing in my life or someone else's life think about what is missing in your life questions play an important role in our lives they're crucial for the you know to be able to the learning process that we go through and Course, the greatest teacher ever, Jesus Christ, often asks questions for that very reason. What's missing? And I'm talking about something that you feel is lacking in your life, something you might know is lacking in your life, and it troubles you. You know, there are a lot of times that we just got that gut feeling there's just something missing. I, There's just got to be more to it than this. Now, if you're here this morning and you've never been saved, that's normal. You're always going to feel that way until you receive Christ as your Savior. There is something missing, and that something is someone, and that someone is Jesus Christ. And you'll never have the fulfillment you're looking for without Him. Brother Kent's been teaching from Ecclesiastes, and that's the, that's the whole point of the entire book of Ecclesiastes, that all is vanity, it's a soap bubble world. It's just not, not anything here that can really satisfy us except God. And it's so sad to think about people living out their entire lives without ever having the experience of really being satisfied. But today, I'm going to talk about primarily to those of us that are Christians. Asking you as a Christian, what's missing? Let me explain. Christians know that their sins have been forgiven. They know that they're going to heaven. And you might think, well, what could be missing they might be faithful in their church attendance, generous in their giving, involved in Christian ministry, and it seems like, well, there couldn't be anything missing because they're they do all of these things. They look at other people, you know, and they feel like there's still something missing. You see someone that's that they're just seemingly so very content and so joyful, so so able to maintain their composure, just so satisfied with life, and here you are in church every time the doors are open, and you pray and you read your Bible and all of that, but there's just uh, something missing. In other words, you yearn for something, something more. And I'm going to ask three questions this morning, and the first question is: Why do we feel this way? I don't know about you, but there are a lot of times in my life I feel like there's, just, there's something missing. Even as I'm praying, all of a sudden it'll be like I, I, that that I'm just lifeless and dead and cold and indifferent. Oh, I say all of the right words. Don't misunderstand me. But, but there's just something missing. There are times that I know I ought to be joyful and yet I just... Uh, for some reason not, just something missing. So if you're wondering that this morning, number one as a Christian, let me tell you, some of that is natural. It's just natural. Sometimes people get so worried about, well, something's missing in my life. I was so excited, and now I'm just, I'm just not excited like that anymore. Well, I suspect that, that you've never experienced another honeymoon either. Honeymoon is one experience. The daily life is another thing. Am I making any sense to you? There's the excitement, the thrill of the moment, but you don't live on that emotional mountaintop all of the time. It's just, life just isn't that way. And there are three reasons why so many times you're doing all the right things, at least in your mind, and you still feel like there's something missing. Number one is because the Holy Spirit is working in your heart. The Holy Spirit is urging us to go on, to go deeper, to gain a more intimate knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You realize that Paul even felt that way in his life that something was missing. He explains it over in Philippians chapter number 3. It's very clear there that he is pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. He wasn't satisfied where he was. He wasn't content just, you know, it's one thing to be content with what you have. It's another thing to be content with where you are in life, who you are in life. We ought to be content with what we have, but God forbid that we become content with what we are when we're not what we ought to be. Paul never stopped yearning for that likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the same Holy Spirit that was working in him is working in your heart as a Christian, day by day, urging you to go on to dig deeper, as it were, to discover more wonders of God's Word, more Glorious things about God's grace. The Holy Spirit. Aren't you glad? We we wouldn't get anywhere were it not for the ministry of the Holy Spirit within us. That's the first reason why we often feel something is missing. Number two is that we walk by faith instead of sight. And if you're walking by faith, that implies that you don't see everything that's... That's ahead. Something you don't understand, you can't figure out. And you get this feeling in your heart, well, there's just something missing in my life. I don't know why it is. It's because you don't understand all of the things that are going on, what God is doing and so forth. And it's only natural for us to wonder, well, there's something more. Yeah, there is, but it's down the road. And and it's by faith that we wait for that. When you're living by Faith rather than by sight. There's always that that mystery involved. That's where trust comes in that we don't have to have all of the questions. We have God. And He has all of the answers. As long as we trust Him, we don't have to worry about where the road's going to lead because we know it's going to turn out all right. Number three, we walk... Not only by faith, but we're not home yet. Whenever I was thinking about the message and I was thinking about the fact we're not home yet, I can remember back whenever I was traveling so much and preaching one revival after another. And I remember the night coming back home from Kirksville, Missouri. During the tornado, cars turned upside down, everything else, the storm going up into our area and naturally you just worry about your family you just pray lord protect them from this it's just always so good to get home and you uh, know i sleep in my own bed and embrace the one that i love more than anything and sit down to a good home-cooked meal just to be home and as christians this world is not our home we're We're never going to feel perfectly satisfied in this wicked world that we live in. Over in Romans chapter 8, it tells us that that we groan. The whole creation groans, waiting for the adoption to wit, even the redemption of our bodies. The whole creation is groaning. And until the day that God has restored everything back, to the way that it was, that state of perfection. And until you get home to be with the Lord in a state of perfection, there's always going to be that feeling, now there's something missing in my life. Something missing. There are three reasons I just gave you why you feel that way. But then also, the next question is, how can we tell if something really is missing? You know, we can, we, we can, you know, theoretically say, well, it's because we're walking by faith and the Spirit's working in us and we're not home yet, but maybe something really is missing in my life. How, how, how can I know? Well, the answer is simple, and that's read the Bible because God's Word tells us what, what normal Christianity is. You see, what we see today in the churches all across the land is not normal Christianity. It may be typical of the average church, but it's it's not normal. The Bible describes what is normal, and that's a far cry from what we see today. The average church today, it's been said, you know, if, uh, if a spirit-filled Christian join the average church. He'd have to backslide to be in fellowship with the church. And that's about right. It's sad when we think about the condition of the churches today. Well, how do we know what the church ought to be like? How should it function? How do we know what we ought to be like? Well, the Bible gives us all of the characteristics of genuine Christianity, and we don't have to doubt about any of it. We can just start reading. That's why I said I could have preached this message from a dozen different texts. So, what does God expect from us? Because if we don't know what he expects from us, we're not going to know what's missing in our life. Well, I look in the Bible and I see He He provides and He expects what? Love that passeth knowledge. I mean, it's a love that you can't even explain that passeth knowledge. Every Christian here probably has read First Corinthians chapter number 13 all about love. I don't have to read it again. You know what it says. Love that passeth knowledge. The Bible tells me that God provides. God expects there to be joy unspeakable and full of glory. The same Bible says that we're to have a peace that passeth all understanding. And that list goes on and on and on. We're to have a faith that overcomes the world, a hope that's steadfast and sure, that power that's working within us, and the grace that is sufficient for us. All of these things are provided, all of these things are expected. And we know that something is wrong when these things are missing in our life. So how you doing? We have a good reason to think that there's something missing because there is something missing. You know, we, uh, a lot of times we speak about love but then our life is characterized by lust. And by that, I'm not talking about necessarily the kind of lust you're thinking of. I'm talking about lust in the sense that all we care about is pleasing self. That, that's not love. We talk about joy, but uh, most of the time it's just jesting. You know, a jester can make you laugh. But real joy, the kind of joy that the Lord gives, is deeper than that. It's a joy that's, what, unspeakable and full of glory. We talk about peace, the peace of God. You know, we can even quote the verse, the peace of God that passeth all understanding. even as we speak those words, we're pouting about something. We speak about faith and we live in fear and frustration. We worry ourselves sick, afraid of this and afraid of that. And talk about charity. Charity, what? Well, charity reaches out. It gives. It helps. And rather than charity, we look at ourselves, and all we see is covetousness. We talk about service for the Lord. There's not one of you here this morning, not one of you, that is ignorant of the fact that as God's people, we ought to serve God. But the same people that talk about it sometimes are so slothful that they they don't do anything about it other than talk. We talk about sacrifices, but at the same time, we're so selfish that we refuse to actually sacrifice we talk about truth for the truth but then we're trapped in the tradition of typical so-called christianity today that's how you tell if there's something missing in your life well the question then is well what, what what do we do about it You know, we go down that list and we look at it and we think, My land, you just described what's going on in my life. And then then you wonder, that must be why I feel the way I do. There's something missing. Yeah, because there's something really missing. The question is, what can we do about it? You know, if we experience the fullness of, of God's blessings and again I want to remind you when I started out I said that it was the desire of Peter, Paul, James, John every one of them it was their desire to help God's people experience the fullness of God's blessings to abound in God's grace that's what they were after why because that's what God wants for each and every one of us so what do we do about it something's missing It's evident to you that it is. The question is, what do you do about it? Well, number one, you study the Word of God. You get in the Word of God. You stay in the Word of God because ignorance is our enemy. The Bible says, the truth shall set you free. But if we don't understand what the Bible says, and by the way, it's more than you understanding the words in the Bible. It's what the Bible says to you. The Bible is a living book. It does something to you. And if you stay away from it, you're going to lose the benefit you would have had from it. And backing up a little bit, if you're here today and you've never been saved and you've got that feeling, as I described, something's missing in my life. I've got a good job. I've got a loving family. I've got great friends. Everything is everything's going fine, but... There's just something missing. You study the Word of God, and I'll guarantee you, you will discover the fact that it's because you've never been saved. And it's always going to be that way with you until you do receive the Lord as your Savior. So study the Word of God. Be saved. Number three, seek God in prayer. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, I don't even have words to explain how important prayer is. Everything we do, whether we're preaching a sermon, teaching a class, singing a song, whatever we're doing, if we don't do it with prayer, we have no reason to expect that we're going to succeed in what we do. Everything depends on prayer. Prayer. Something's missing in your life. It's just, you you know deep down that it's just not the way it ought to be. And you get on your knees and you pray. And you keep praying. You ask God to show you. Listen, God's not trying to deceive us. God's not playing tricks on us. God wants us to know the truth. And if we get in the Word of God, by the way, you can't even really understand the Word of God like you should unless you pray. Study your Bible prayerfully. And if we neglect our prayer life and we neglect the Word of God, yeah, something's going to be missing. But then beyond that, we have to surrender ourselves to God's will. Now, listen carefully. When I say surrender yourself to God's will, that's more than just doing some of the things that are in God's will. Every Christian does that. Are you willing to do God's will for your Yes, I do. I, I give the tithe. I attend church because I know the Bible says, "Don't forsake these of yourselves together." Yeah, I, I, I'm doing God's will. Or are you just doing those parts of God's will that well that you maybe enjoy doing? Things that you do because it's just out of sheer fear. But whenever we really surrender ourselves to the will of God, it doesn't make any difference what the will of God is. We surrender ourselves to that. There's no halfway ground. It's either complete surrender or, or, or we're not yielded to Him at all. All of you could say you're in the will of God by the fact you attended church this morning, but let's go back and look at this list. How about that love that passeth knowledge? What happened to that? The joy, the peace, charity, service, sacrifice. As I was thinking about this, I I couldn't help but to think about and this gets us to my next point, actually. And that is that we have to serve God faithfully. And I think about the woman who came with the alabaster box. Poured it all out and anointed our Lord. And naturally, naturally, <laughs> the disciples there all complained about why was this waste made? you just wasted that now, keep in mind this is just before he's to be crucified the Lord said you leave her alone she did what she could now it might be that she couldn't you know today didn't have the voice to sing in the choir it might be a lot of things that she couldn't do but he said she did what she could and And that being the case, then she did what she should. Not only that, but she did it when she should. Dead people don't smell roses, by the way. They're about to crucify our Lord. She came, was the only one who came to Him. Why? Because He's about to die. And she knows that. And she comes to anoint his body before that happens. That dunce bunch of disciples are sitting back criticizing her for doing what she could and what she should and when. Did all she could. She poured it all out. And she did it while she could do it. And you mark it down, there's a deadline in every life that we all cross when we no longer be able to do what we could have done. You feel like something's missing? Duh. There is something missing. You haven't surrendered yourself to God. You're not serving God. And the Bible says, moreover, it's required in the church that a man be found faithful. Beyond that, over in Revelation, he he said, be thou faithful unto death. Now, he didn't say be faithful till death. That is, be faithful till you die. He said, you be faithful unto death. That is, you be faithful even if it means you die doing it. That'll take care of what's missing in our lives. Whenever we get in the Word of God, we seek the will of God. We pray for God to help us and we surrender to God's will. And then when we stand on God's promises. because I say that because right now as your wheels are turning, you're thinking to yourself, Pre- Preacher, I know all of that stuff is right. I, I know you're telling the truth. But I, I, I just think I can do that. Well, do you believe those, what did Peter say, exceeding great and precious promises? you believe that? Think about all of the promises of God. If, if you stand on His promises, you can do anything you need to do. And everything you should do. But if we just sum it all up, I guess... If we're going to feel what's missing in our life, we need to show love for God. You know, preaching is one thing. Teaching is one thing. Singing is, is, is another thing. But if we fail to show love for God, we've, we've, we've missed it. That's what real, true spiritual worship is all about, us loving God. And whenever we grow in our love for the Lord, our life's going to be glowing, as it were, and it's going to uh, it, its going to be touching the lives of other people because it'll be so obvious. It's glowing and it's showing. We're to be the light of the world. Well, if we're going to be the light of the world, we've got to demonstrate our love for God. And we can't just do that by, you know, that... That woman could have said, "Well, I, I heard what you said about. I got the word that you're going to die. I come. I, I, I'm going to sing you a song, or I don't have a good voice, but I'm going to sing you a song, or I, whatever." But she did what she should have done, what she could have done, and that ought to be characteristic of each and every one of us. And if we're going to show our love for God then we have to obey whatever God commands. you agree with that? I'm not demonstrating any love for God unless I'm willing to obey what He commands, unless I'm willing to give whatever He demands in my life and follow wherever He leads in my life. If I'm not willing to accept whatever He allows in my life, I'm not demonstrating any love for God. Something's missing. And you know, this could, be, this could be a life-changing day in your life. Now maybe you say, oh, preacher, I, I heard everything you said, but I just don't feel like anything's missing. Good for you. You're the only perfect person in the house. But if you're here today and you, you know, if you're being honest with yourself, you know, yes, there's something missing. And your life could change right here, right now, this morning by you committing yourself to do whatever it takes to fill that missing, empty place. I'll leave you with this last thought. If you know something's missing and you don't do anything about it, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse, not better. Oh, you can you can go out here and try to push that to the background of your life by getting all wrapped up in football, baseball, basketball, and all of these things. And, you know, that, that might kind of push it out of your mind. But, yeah, when you lay your head on the pillow at night and you're laying there thinking. You get up in the morning... You're not going to get away from it. It's going to get worse and worse. This would be a great time. Maybe for the first time to say, I'm going to get honest with myself. And I'm going to do what God says. I'm going to make that commitment today to do His will. I'm going to get in His Word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm surrendered to His will and I would have never chosen this for myself. I would have never, ever made this my first choice. But I know this is God's choice. That is His will. And I'm committed to that. Let's all stand together. Father, there's not one thing in all of the world, regardless of how hard I try. And Lord, I know a little bit about how Paul felt and about how Peter felt. When Peter was writing this, he literally said to them and was expressing the fact that he didn't have much longer to live. The Lord had showed him that he wasn't going to live much longer. And the great desire of his heart was to do everything he could to bring those things to their remembrance and he. His hope was that when he was dead and gone that they, they would never forget the things that the Spirit of God laid on his heart to teach them. And Lord, I pray this morning that you'll help me and everybody else here to be honest about, about our lives. Help us, Heavenly Father, to be concerned enough about whatever it is that's missing in our life. There's some folks, no doubt, today that lost their joy months ago. And Lord, if they're not careful, the devil's going to win again. And they're going to walk out that door as sad sacks and go on their way as miserable as they were. Don't let that happen. There'll be people here today maybe that that used to have peace, but something happens and now they don't have any peace in their heart. It's just all trouble and irritation and worry and fretfulness. Lord, help them not to leave here like that today. That something really can be done to change that if we're willing to let you fill up that empty place in our heart. For we beg it in Jesus' name. Amen. While we stand in this, we say, you come.